0: morning. So we're going to be doing things a little differently today, as you can see. So, um, I just kind of want to, I felt like I just wanted to have like a hangout session with you guys. So just kind of wanted to talk with you about some things that are on my heart, some things I feel like the Lord has been speaking to me clearly. And, um, I just want to tell you guys, you know, um, I, I actually, this is going to sound really weird. I actually pray for you. You're welcome. I do. For real. You do? So sweet. I'm so grateful. But I really do. And, and one of the things that I've really been praying lately is, is just one word, and that is Increase. I'm praying that, that you would increase in your love for God. You would increase in your passion. You would increase in your love for one another. You would increase in your, in your ability to grasp the purpose for which you were created. You would increase in all these areas that you would increase. How many want to do that? How many want to, I don't know. I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I just don't want to waste time. You know, I the, one of the one of the things that I'm I'm kind of learning about myself, besides the fact that I have FOMO, which means fear of missing out. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely um, do not want to be on my deathbed saying things like, "Oh, I wish I would have," or "Oh, I should have done." I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be on my deathbed if if I have the that opportunity, but I want to be saying I have run the race. I've finished the course. I've done everything God called me to do. That's where I want to live. I don't want to live a life of of just futility and lack of purpose. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, but I just, I wanted to let you know that I actually do pray for you and I have been praying, increase, Lord, increase, increase their love. And, and so if you're starting to see signs of that, just know that that's something that the Holy Spirit is wanting to birth in your hearts and in your lives. And I I mean, it seems like such an obvious thing. Of course, of course, God wants us to love him more. He wants us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, of course. But it's just, I believe we're in a new season and we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about kind of who we are as a church we're going to talk about some specific things I believe the Lord is speaking to us we're going to talk about change we're going to talk about um, vision and purpose and living your dream and um, we're going to have a special guest come up he is actually an industry leader um, he he works in the film industry and he's part of our little family here and God's just done some significant things in his heart and he just is going to share with us today, just, um, some of his vision and some of the things that the Lord has been speaking to him about. And, um, I think you're going to enjoy hearing from him. It's kind of a crazy story, by the way, American Fork campus, we love you. And the guy that's going to be speaking today, uh, if, if you didn't know what that was, we have an extension campus and we're streaming to them today. Um, the guy that's going to be speaking today, his parents planted the church down in American Fork. Is that crazy? So this is kind of a full circle thing. And, and I just believe, you know, we're, we're coming into a series called Fine Tell, Bring. It's like more like a mini series, but this is all gearing us up toward Christmas, toward a time where it's a lot easier to invite people to church. People are a lot more willing to come to church or come to the concert um, during Christmas time, for whatever reason. I think, I think, especially in light of everything that's happening in the news now and how crazy and dark and insecure our world is right now. So we're, we're, we're going to be talking. Eric used to do this message called Find, Tell, Bring that he got from a guy named Joe, who's a friend of ours. And, and we're going to just be talking about finding people that we love, finding people that we know are, are, are needing the love of God in their lives, telling them about God and bringing them into the kingdom or bringing them to church Or bringing them to Jesus. So I'm calling today's message Finding Treasure in a Hopeless World. And I think all of us have been so grieved. You know, I came home from church last Sunday and heard the news about the shooting in Sutherland Springs. My heart just broke. Those families, a little tiny town. And what's so sad about it is that they were going to worship the Lord. And so even though, you know, I want to be really sensitive when I say this, But I want you to know that that when you come here, we have a security team. Doug, can you raise your hand? Doug Lee right there, he's he's the man. And you are safe here. I'm not saying nothing could happen. But, you know, the sad thing is that a lot of people didn't even come today because they're afraid. Because they're afraid of copycat. I know several people. Weren't going to come because of fear. And let me just say this. Fear is a terrible counselor. Fear is a terrible advisor. Don't ever listen to fear to make your decisions. Do not base anything on fear. It's a terrible, terrible counselor. And I would like to pray, if we could, together, for those people that are grieving. I heard this morning... On the news, they said that they're going to be having a, a worship service in a park because they're expecting over 500 people to be there. And I, I can't even imagine the, heavy, the heaviness. So, can we just pray for them? Oh, Father. I'm, at a loss for words God oh God you are so good Lord we know that that's true Lord your word says you are good and Lord it is so hard for us to understand when things like this happen but you told us Lord there would be the increase of wickedness you, you already prepared our hearts Lord and so in light of that Father in the name of Jesus, we pray for the people of Sutherland Springs. Oh God, we pray that you comfort them in their pain and in their confusion and in their sorrow, the depth of their sorrow. God, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would blanket that whole community with your love and with your comfort and your grace. We ask that you would pour out your spirit. And Lord, we claim the promise in your word that what the the enemy intended for evil, Lord, you will turn around and use for your glory. We pray that you would strengthen your church. Lord, that you would strengthen your believers and your disciples, God, that we would not shrink back. God, we would not be beaten down by this, but God, that it would just strengthen our numbers, Lord. It would just cause us to live lives of purpose, lives of absolute 100% conviction that you you are real and that you are good and you will be glorified in all the earth. And so we bless you, Lord. And we ask that you would bless the people of Sutherland Springs. Comfort them, Lord. Be near to those broken hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to read a passage to you that I really believe is for us during this season. At first, I kind of thought it was just for me. Um, I was I was listening to the Word one day as I was walking. I like to walk here. I live close enough so that I can walk. and And I was just crying out to the Lord, and I was just praying. God, speak to me. Speak something to me. Speak something encouraging, and and just. You know, kind of, I was kind of asking the Lord for like a little attaboy, you know, like just, can you just let me know that, you know, either correct me or encourage me, one or the other, you know, just, but something you know, throw me a bone. <laughs> and as I was walking, I was listening to the word of God and I just said, Lord, speak to me through your word. Give me something. Let me know what, what you're speaking to me right now. And so I just kind of randomly just opened up my Bible app and had my little headphones in and I was listening and suddenly this passage came to me. And like I said, I I felt like maybe at first it was just for me, but I'm convinced the more I pray this and the more I pray for you, the more I believe that this is for the adventure. This is for us as a family. And if you're, if you're a guest here today, I, I don't think it's an accident that you're here. I think this is a promise for you too. So I just want to welcome you and say, God has something specifically for you today too. So here's the word and, and, and you know, I call this finding treasures in a hopeless world. And one of the things that we as believers have that sets us apart is that we have hope. Right. That we have hope. We have the promise of hope. And that's one thing that, that really when all these tragedies and this devastation and all these things happen, it's, it's sometimes hard to have hope. But the, but the spirit of the Lord is poured into our hearts. And that's why we have hope. As we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, it says that he will pour his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that is the thing that will give us hope in the midst of a hopelessness. So this is the passage, and it's um, Psalm 90, 15 through 17. Please open your heart up to receive this as a gift from the Lord. It says, give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Thanks, Rob give us gladness in proportion to our former misery right before this the passage says satisfy us in the morning with your love give us gladness in proportion to our former minute misery Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let your children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Amen? Amen? Amen. You guys receive this? Yes. Three people do. Hallelujah. Well. <laughs> Make our efforts successful. This is not saying that if you're doing something that's just self-centered or self-focused or just to build your own little kingdom, that God's, God's automatically responsible and obligated to make your efforts successful. That's not what this is saying. This is talking about our efforts as, as people of God, people who trust God, who want to see his work again. That's what this is talking about. This is talking about seeing the kingdom of God expanded, seeing the goodness of God, even in a hopeless world, even in a world that's filled with just pain and suffering and devastation and anger and rage and all of the things that you see and hear and perversion. Can you even believe this week? If you don't listen to the news, just don't start. (laughs) There's so many horrible stories of just, just, devastation and perversion and, and just pain. And for us as the adventure, I believe this is a specific word for us, that this is the season that God wants to bring us into. And he is a God of hope. But the thing is like the Applegates talked about change. This is a season I believe of change. I believe God wants to bring about a lot of change. And for some of you, maybe 10%, you're like, yes. And then for the other 90%, you're like, "Ah." most people don't like change, which I've learned. It was hard for me to grasp that because I love change. I have to, you know, I have to have people around me that are like, okay, slow down. I love change. I think change is awesome. And when you have young families, like the Applegates we're talking about having young kids, obviously there are going to be a lot of changes and a lot, there's constantly growth and activity and change. And I believe that we're kind of in a season like that here, that God wants to bring about a lot of change. And I believe specifically that God is calling us. There's a story where Jesus is talking to his disciples, you know, and they're fishers, fishermen. And he comes out there and he's like, they've been fishing all night long and they haven't caught anything. And Jesus comes out there and he's like, hey, just try putting your nets on the other side. And they're like, uh, dude, we've already been fishing. I don't know if they call Jesus dude, but they they've been fishing all night long, caught nothing. And he's just, he tells them this very simple little thing. Hey, just try putting your nets on the other side. And it said that they caught so many fish that their nets were overflowing, that they were bursting at the seams. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is what the Lord is calling us to. He's calling us to change little tweaks, maybe one little thing. Daniel Brown, when he was here, he he spoke to our leaders and said, it's time to change something. What is God calling you to change? Maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's a huge thing. Maybe it's a whole life change. Maybe you don't know Jesus and it's time to surrender to him and get to know the one and only one who can fulfill you and forgive you of your sins and show you your purpose and I, and I know that, you know, there's that scripture too, that talks about don't pour new wine into old wineskins. Cause then they'll just burst and it'll make a mess. And God is calling us as the adventure to pour new wine into new wineskins. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. If you're, if you're here as a guest, uh, my husband and I moved out here with our kids and we planted this church and he passed away a little over a year and a half ago. So I've, I've been living some misery. You know, I've had, some, I've had some sadness. We've all had some sadness as a church. But the Lord's saying, it's time. Put your nets on the other side of the boat. Do something different. And so I just want you to think about this. What is the thing he's saying to you? Specifically to you as an individual, what is that thought that's in your mind? What do I need to do? What, do? what is the change? You guys know the definition of insanity, right? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. Insanity. Okay. I have been accused of being crazy, but I'm not insane and I'm crazy. And I want y'all to be crazy too. I want you to be crazy for God, crazy for people. You know, it says in John 17, it says that the world will know that we are Jesus's disciples when they see what the love, not only that we have for each other but that's definitely a part of it. But the love and acceptance we have for other people, why is it that we as Christians are known more for what we don't believe or what we are against than for what we're for? When the number one thing we are supposed to be for is love. We are supposed to be about love. And it's not just this love that's just like, oh, I love you so much. So, you know, you just go ahead and do whatever you want, even though it's killing you or it's hurting you or hurting your family. It's not, that's not really love. Okay. So don't confuse that, but we are called to a deeper level of loving people and giving up our lives, right? And serving other people. And we will only be fulfilled when we discover who we are and who we are called to be. And again, putting our boat on the other side of the, or putting our, I'm sorry, putting our net on the other side of the boat could take a lot of different forms because God, it says in Ephesians that we were created, God created us with good works in mind things that we would be able to do for his glory. He has made us specifically to expand his kingdom, not just to get through life, not just to go, you know, day after day, just drudgery or not to build some kingdom in this world. You know, it's about building the kingdom of God. It's about seeing people's lives changed. You know, when I first came to Jesus, I I was telling the young adults the other night, I was, man, I was wrecked. I was so wrecked. I was such a mess. And, you know, it's, it's funny because when I go back to, you know, like high school or college reunions or whatever, and people come up to me and like, oh, yeah, I remember the time you're like, oh, no, 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 I, that person is dead. <laughs> she is long gone. I am not that same person. And it's because of the Lord. It's not because I just suddenly decided, oh, I think I'm going to completely change my entire personality. It was the Lord. And that's why, you know, I just have to confess, you know, I don't weep over lost people like I used to. And I'm asking God to really break my heart. I'm really asking the Lord to just show me what's going on in people's lives give me that burden again is that what you want too you know we're not going to be motivated if we don't really understand what the kingdom of heaven is about what the kingdom of god is about and you know we just finished up that sermon on the mountain jesus is talking about you know letting our light shine This world is so dark and so hopeless and so bleak. And we have, we know the one who can set them free. We can introduce people to him, to Jesus, the only one, the one and only one that can deliver them. And one of the things that we started a long time ago at the adventure, you know, our motto has always been loving God, loving people, loving God first and foremost, And loving people. And it doesn't specify just loving other believers. It says love people. So the qualifications are standing up and breathing. Those are the people we're called to love. Right? And one of the things that we started doing is called life, world, dream. You can see it in Spanish on this wall. So life means growing our lives, finding personal freedom, finding healing, finding, you know, coming to know the Lord, coming to grow our lives with him, you know, getting, getting set free from the things that have hindered us, to grow our own personal life, you know, to have that time with the Lord. And I just want to challenge you, you know, whenever I hear people tell me, say, or tell me, oh, I'm just too busy to read the Bible. I'm like, What? It's, the, it's our manual. It's a life manual. It's like, okay, so I'm like, okay, so eight hours is probably, for most people, you know, you spend eight to 10 hours working, right? Maybe another seven to eight hours sleeping. So that leaves a good six to eight hours. So what are you doing during that time? So I just want to challenge you. Just read one chapter a day. Can you do this if you hear me? One chapter a day. And if I could recommend, don't start in Leviticus. (laughs) Leviticus is, I mean, it's in there for a reason. (laughs) And it's the law. But I, 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 you know, I mean, you should get into that at some point. But if you're just starting reading the Bible, start in John. Start in the Psalms. Read some Proverbs, okay? Okay just want to, I just want to challenge you. Just one chapter a day. Even if you're the slowest reader in here, it, it's, you're still, it's probably only going to take you about, well, depending on what chapter it is. Psalm 119 is going to take you a lot longer, but it's only going to take you maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Can you, can you do that? Can you commit that to just, just read one chapter a day? It's a good place to start, right? Am I right? Thank you, Sarah. Um, (laughs) So life, world, dreams. So we grow our lives and then we impact our world. Jesus called us to be lights in the darkness. He called us to live our lives completely to the Lord, to seek him first, to seek the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That means the people that he has come to seek and save. He has come to seek and save the lost. And we are called to impact our world. We're called to make a difference. He has given us that. We are all... If you are, if you name the name of Jesus, you are called to minister to the people around you. You're called to be in the world, but not of the world. You're called to love them. Sometimes I say, love the hell out of them. <laughs> and it's okay to say that, because... Really, what it is. <laughs> so, we grow our own lives, we impact our world, and then we live our dream. Again, we were created for, for good works. Our good works don't save us, but our good works are God's way of saying, I love you so much and I want to fulfill you. I want to pour my spirit out in you and through you. I want you to have a life that is well lived, that at the end of your days, you can say, I have run the race, I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And I just want to say, there is nothing else, nothing, nothing, nothing. Say nothing. Nothing Nothing that will satisfy you except walking in the purpose for which you were made. You were made for bigger things. You were not made for a life of futility. I promise you. And God has has given us all these promises, but we want to do that which he has called us to do. And we have to do things in a new way. We are going to have to embrace change. I know people don't like change, but guess what? It's inevitable. And there can be bad change. You know, when my husband died, that was a bad change for me and for my kids and my family and this church. That That seemed to be a bad change. But change is going to happen. But how we deal with change is that which will determine our future and that which determines our satisfaction in life and our fulfillment in life. There is change, which is bad, but there's also change that is good. And that is the season I believe God is calling us into right now, that he is calling the adventure into a season of good change of new and exciting things to glorify his name. And that's, I I firmly believe that that's what he's calling us to. But I understand change is difficult for most people, but change is necessary, okay? And so today... That's why I'm doing this differently. I'm sitting here rather than standing up behind that thing. And today I'm also going to interview Brian. And we're going to talk about that. But I want to make sure that you understand you were called for a purpose. Not one single person who's hearing this was created as just like an afterthought. Or like the leftovers. You know when my mom used to bake pie, she would always she would roll out the dough and she would make a pie crust. Anybody remember the olden days when people actually used to make pie crust instead of buying it when it's all cracked and but she used to there always used to be like this leftover part that she'd always have to cut off. I just want you to know you are not the leftover part. You are the crust. And God wants to put amazing things in you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're crusty. (laughs) So, okay. So we have the Christmas concerts coming up, right? Christmas concerts, we're going to kind of feature this next week. I'm going to have Angela Winston share with us, and and she's going to kind of share her vision. But we have an opportunity to bring people, to invite people. And that's a simple thing. No matter who you are, no matter what your gifts are, you can just always invite somebody to come with you to a concert. And you can even tell them that you're going to buy their ticket. Okay? The ticket prices are about the same as a latte. So, okay? Okay. It's not going to break the bank, I don't think. But we are going to start doing new and exciting things here. We're going to start to do crazy things. You know, Ira was sharing with me this week about um, Barnum, the guy that started Barnum and Bailey Circus, and how he just decided he took this whole group of just kind of misfits and kind kind of a motley crew and just did this great thing with them. And I'm not Saying that you're misfits or that we're gonna start a circus. But <laughs> I said, I want to be the bearded lady. But um but we are all called to do something significant. And that's that's what I wanted to share with you about today. In Acts 8, verse 1, it says, A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. A wave of persecution. And it says, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. But Saul was going around everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. But it says the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. See, they took this horrible situation, this terrible, what, what would have been a traumatic situation? I mean, imagine you're sitting around your house and all of a sudden you, you are just getting dragged out of your house, thrown into prison because you believe in the Lord. I mean, this is a pretty bad situation. And it says, but they were scattered and they preached the gospel to everybody. They told everybody the good news about Jesus, that you can be forgiven. You can be accepted. You can be loved. You can be fulfilled there is hope. That's the message of the good news. Not that you have more work to do and you suck and you're not good enough and you don't have what it takes and you don't know what you're doing. That's not the good news that you just have to try harder. You have to work harder. So if you hear me saying that, that is not at all the message. The message is let the Holy Spirit work through you in whatever you're called to be, whatever your purpose is. And maybe your purpose is to be a person who prays. Maybe that's your calling and what an amazing calling that is. That's an awesome thing because without prayer nothing else matters. And you know, I'm a person, I love to listen. Like I'm always, I always have the radio on or podcasts or teaching or music or, you know, whatever. But I really felt like the Lord was calling me into this new season where where whenever I get in my car, just turn off the radio and just hang out, just chat with the Lord. And it's been so awesome. I mean, I'm telling you, it's revolutionizing my, my walk with the Lord. I feel a a nearness to him. I feel his presence like never before. It's so powerful. And that's one of the little things for me is just putting that net on the other side of the boat instead of just always listening to music or podcasts or teachings or whatever. Just that's, that's a little thing. But it's changing everything in my perspective, in my healing, in my faith, everything. And so I am calling you guys to invite the Lord to speak to you. What is the thing that he's calling me to? What is the net that he's calling me to move to the other side of the boat? And who can I share the good news of Jesus with? So I want to ask you, for those of you who are disciples of Jesus, who shared the good news with you? Who was it that shared the good news with you? You know, I don't really remember growing up that that anybody really shared the good news with me. I wasn't hearing it in church, even though I was in church religiously, (laughs) until... After I graduated from college, I had a near-death experience, and I was messed up. I was a really confused and broken person. I was dealing drugs, and I was promiscuous, and I was a party animal, and I was, you know, kleptomaniac, everything. And one night, I was very high, and there was a knock on the door, and this guy who was like my fourth-grade crush, um, he was my brother's best friend. He had become a Christian. So he came to the door and he, and he started to share the good news with me. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's so good for you. Okay. God, gotta go. I've got a party to go to. And I'm sure, his name is Donald Youngbloom, and I'm sure that Donald Youngbloom walked away from that experience and thought, I failed. That didn't work. But he planted those seeds in my heart. He spoke truth to me. And years later, I ended up becoming a believer. And I'm sure that at the time, Donald never would have thought that was ever going to happen. We don't know what the impact of our words are going to have on people. And we're going to talk about that more next week. But for today, I'm going to just share like the foundation of like this little mini-series and then we're going to have, um, we're going to invite Brian Finn to come up. John 1:40 says, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother was one of those who heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, um, his brother, Simon, and told him, we found the Messiah, which means the Christ, which means the savior, which means the deliverer. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And that's what God is calling us to do as the adventure. So I want to, I'm going to have you, there's a little insert in your bulletin. And if you didn't pick up a bulletin today, I'm going to ask you to text this later. But I want you to write down one to three people that you're committed to praying for. Just moving into Christmas and thinking about that. One to three people, not somebody that, that's already a believer, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, somebody who's hopeless, And I don't mean like hopeless. I mean, they lack hope. I want you to think about one to three people that you can start to pray for and ask the Lord to give you that opportunity. We're going to do that a little bit later. But right now I want to introduce, um, we're going to watch a little video. And I want you to know going into this, the video that you're about to see is every single project is something that Brian Finn did. He is in the the film industry, the media industry, and he knows what he's doing. He's he's a bit of an expert and he's had a pretty dramatic transformation in his life. And so I want you guys queued up to show that video. Okay, here we go.
1: Hey guys, Brian Finn here for AOE. Now you've seen the mission statement and you have an idea about what we're trying to do and where we want to be and what we want to accomplish. So I want to give you a little background on my history, what has brought me to this point. So many of you know, or many may or may not know, my parents were pastors and I grew up a preacher's kid. And that came about from the time I was about three or four years old in the back of my dad's El Camino came up from Mexico to LA, five hollowed out surfboards filled with cocaine. And that's when the cops hit us right in front of our house. I'm inside as a little kid with my mom. They both got arrested and sentenced to prison lived with my grandma during this time, and in separate prisons, my mom and my dad both became saved, born-again Christians, and they wanted to make a difference. So we moved from Venice, California to northern Idaho, a place called Bonner's Ferry, and here they became pastors on the Native American reservation for the Kootenai tribe. As you know, Hollywood does not agree with conservative Christians, and they vilify it, and they attack it. When you take, for instance, I mean, a commercial, just this is something I just did. I don't even want to give it credit to who it was for, but it's a cell phone commercial, and it's talking about, man, I, I switched my plan just like I switched my husband, and it's so much better now. That's the kind of stuff that's been going on in Hollywood for years and years and years, but guess what? Now, we don't have to rely on ABC, Sony, Warner Brothers to get things out there. We have YouTube. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have just the internet in general. We can get our message out and show how family values, how it's good to have love for your wife, love for your kids, love for God without being preachy. And we're going to do this with big stunts. I'm talking motorcycle crashes. I'm talking car jump on the moving boats. I'm talking explosions, VFX, everything. We want to reach people that are just watching films and maybe not in the know on kind of what we're about. and We want to change the message of what Hollywood has been building and building and building. We are going to change that together and I want you guys to be part of that. We're going to do it with crowdfunding. We're going to do it with Kickstarter. We're going to do it with your guys actual time from an extra to working on the set, a carpenter, a painter, whatever it is. If you want to be in the film industry, this is a good place to start. Now, I'm hoping that this is the start in Utah, not just Utah, but Salt Lake, not just Salt Lake, but the adventure. I want this to be our base, and we're going to grow from here, and in years from now, they're going to say, hey, that all started. God started all that right there at the adventure in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm looking forward to having you guys come with me, and we can do this
0: together. Thank you. you guys welcome Brian Finn. Thanks Brian. So I'll give you a little background here. Uh, So as I mentioned, so those parents, the ones that were smuggling the five surfboards of coke over the the border and went to separate prisons, became Christians, uh, and then they went up to Idaho. But then they planted the American Fork Church, which is now an extension campus of this adventure, and can you kind of share how you ended up coming here and part of that connection there?
1: Well, the American the American Fork Church was a, a big part of my mom's and my dad's life. In fact, she's she passed away uh, about eleven years ago, and she's buried right behind the uh, in the cemetery right behind that church. Very important part of my life, and um, I think there's a few people that that um, still go there. So. Um, That was a, I basically left that area to go work in the film industry for the most part. And when I was little, my mom had told me that you are going to be a minister for God and you're going to do these things. And I remember growing up and thinking, there's no way I'm doing doing that. That's not (laughs) going to happen. And here I am sitting right, right here. At a church, talking and, and trying to spread this good word. So yeah, that's, that's how that started. They were a big part. And I didn't even know uh, the adventure or the ties to my mom and dad. And I just came here because it was Foursquare and the adventure was the name. It seemed cool. And that was years and years and years ago. I think the last time I was up here was probably Ask Ira maybe 11 years ago. I think I did something up here. And that's how long it, I've been dragging my feet to get back here. So thank goodness.
0: But I want to say that now... Brian has become perfect, and so that's the reason that he's qualified to to do this. Am I right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's right. I waited, and you know, if you do your eat your Wheaties, you'll be perfect. and <laughs> yeah, Everything will come together. Actually, that's part of the big reason that uh, it's taken me so long is I had this guilt or this idea of not being worthy. You know, to be the messenger to like. Look at my life. Look what I'm doing. Look look at look look at my actions. God, there's no way you're gonna use me to preach or to spread or to be a messenger. And then uh, I had this. You saw the uh, the mission statement. I wrote that about two years ago, and been dragging my feet on it and. Shared that with a few people at the church, and I got a text. I actually didn't have it. I want to read the text because I was just about to give up on any of this vision and dream. And I got a text from uh, a guy at the church, great brother uh, Gabe. In fact, um, I think you used the word dude uh, earlier today. Dude, that's
0: Gabe's favorite word.
1: Dude, I've been listening to this podcast about a creation, how God started with his. Spirit hovering over the dark waters and that same creation word is used by David when he asked to have a newly created heart. And that same word is used to describe the ongoing creation that happens that happens like the birth of this idea that you have going. So when he sent that to me, um I was they had, actually it was a message about David and how all the awful things he had done and how he just pleased God, give me a new heart. And he actually, the part that really was part of it is he talked about making a sacrifice of, his, of a contrite spirit in and in a heart that just wants to be forgiven and let God use that. And I saw that, and I, it literally, tears came to my eyes. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And um, it meant so much to get that completely out of the blue in fact, uh, what he was talking about specifically is uh, if you see the the Alpha and the Omega and the Creation and the logo and the little cross I had sent that to him a while ago and I don't think he noticed it and then he just kind of sent that out of the blue and that's when it came through to me and it just started rolling and then Jody and talked to Jody and then we did the video to kind of express things and talk about my history so you kind of know where I'm coming from and it's like if you're Counting on your salvation because of worthiness, obviously, we're all lost. If you're counting on worthiness to do God's, what he's putting in your head, you're lost. Because mm-hmm. none of us are, are worthy of giving God's message. But God can use any messenger to mm-hmm. give his message. And you need to step up and do that and mm-hmm. not drag your feet. I drag my feet. If you have things in your heart or your mind that God is putting on you that you need to do, you need to act on that mm-hmm. and get out. You know, like, I think we talked about the prayer and praying. Good. Absolutely. God will give you things. But he's given you things to get you out of that closet, out of your car, for a prayer car, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is that you're doing. You need to get out and act on these things. And don't hesitate. Don't hesitate because he will use you. Every one of us, God will use. He will take care. He will trim away all those things that you're feeling guilty about or feeling terrible about or feeling that you cannot share. You can share. His yeah. words will come out of your mouth. I don't even, I'm like 99% passion, 1% knowledge. I have no idea of what I'm saying right now. It just comes out. <laughs> so that's what God will do. And he will use that, just like you said. And, and I'm, I'm, Gabe did not even know what, the, what happened. He, you know, I just told him at dinner the other day that how much important that was. He didn't know. He was just sending me a text. Hey, what's up? And that's, that's the kind of stuff. So when you have that in your head and you hold on to it, God's going to have to go to the next person, the next person, the next person. You be the person. Yeah, That's what it needs to be. Yeah. You be the person that acts on that.
0: You know, and it's interesting too, because like I told you, you know, when I, when Eric and I first came to, to the Lord, we were so broken. I mean, we were both just wrecked. And, and, and if, if worthiness or having your act together or holiness or whatever, if that would have been a qualification for us there's no way they would have let us do anything. We just, we decided we were just going to go for it with God. And that's really what I'm encouraging you all to do today. And, and hearing Brian's message, I mean, this guy's legit. You know, he does, like, he writes all the commercials for the Utah Jazz. He won't brag about himself, but I can. And he, like, he was a stunt double for Tom Cruise. And he's done all these things. I mean, he's got phone numbers in, in, his, in his contacts list that you wouldn't believe. But the thing is, it was holding him back, feeling like he wasn't worthy or like he, didn't, he wasn't good enough to be used of God, to do the things of God. But then, you know, look at him today and, and God's just completely transformed that. Can you um, talk a little bit about that process, you know, that film you were working on?
1: Yeah, so one of the, uh, when, I wrote, when I wrote this uh, a couple of years ago... Um, First of all, just to jump, jump aside, I was doing this little little thing called, uh, um, I think it was called Snatchers or something like that, and one of the stunt guys that I had working with me, he got hurt, and so they said, all right, well, Brian, you want to do this? And I'm like, sure, and the stunt, the scene is the scene is this stunt guy is uh, taken over by this superpower, and he has super strength, and he goes and tackles, and the guy that was doing it before they got hurt was this kind of a frail, Not so uh, excitable person like myself, and so the guy, the stuntman that's getting hit, looks over and he sees me getting into the guy's costume, and he's like, "Oh gosh, this is going to be tough." So I just want—I just feel this all this energy to be shot. I mean, literally shot out of a cannon and just go do do this work. And that's kind of what happened with this. uh, I just felt this movie was about politics. And it was literally about voting and swing states and all this kind of stuff. And I was producing on it, plus doing a number of things because it was low budget. And I was asking people, hey, can you come work on this for free or for this rate? You know, it's a low budget, but it's a really, you know, it's this is the message. And Hollywood, they were getting, I'm talking, I can't tell you how many people would just, names would just come and do this because of the message. And it was like, I don't know how... Uh, how what's the worst thing you can imagine eating? Cod liver oil, whatever it is. You're, <laughs> you're tasting this. That's how I went to work every day. And I'm, my job is to make sure this movie is the best possible thing and is literally vilifying morals, vilifying Christians, vilifying God. And mm. my, at the same time, I'm away from my kids. I have a 6-year-old and 11-year-old that are so important in the world, the world to me. And I'm away from them doing this job that is so horrible for me as my heart. And I decided I can't, I can't do this anymore. I want to be there for my little girl. I want to raise her in a world that it's okay to say Merry Christmas. It's okay to say God loves you. It's okay if you have a problem with your husband or your wife. It's okay to work it out. Make sure that to create an environment for if, if you don't have kids, if you have neighbors, if you have friends, your life, it's okay. It's okay to speak out. And that's Hollywood's been trying to take that away. It's a direct correlation to married people, unmarried people, unwed, uh, no husbands, no dads. All these things are directly related to how Hollywood has done commercials, TV shows. It's almost 10% uh, less. Whatever Hollywood does 10 years later, that's what the norm will be. And that's what they're creating. Today, we can change that. We don't have to, you know, people are shutting off football that 's how powerful social media is because of not standing for the flag. It is powerful you don 't have to you don 't have to just rely on them to tell us what our moral compass is. We can share the, the crazier thing that they don 't understand is America in general Utah specifically. There are so much good hearts here. We're not on board with what they're doing, and just because they're telling us that's what's okay, it's not okay. Now we can share that message, and that's what I want to do with uh, with social media and with these projects and with a commercial for the adventure specifically. The, one of the early projects is a commercial that it's going to become as you are, and different people from all different walks of everything, that they can be accepted here, and how much fun church is, and how amazing it is. You have people at the U that have they have no idea church can be this fun. They've been sitting in a different environment that's maybe four hours of not quite so much fun. So that's the, that's the kind of thing. They don't even know about it. And we can share that. Utah is not a hard place to minister like other people think. Utah is a great place to minister because you already have a foundation, you know, and we need to take advantage of that. And I think one of the one of the coolest or things that I need to live my life with, and I think you should too, is Lou Holtz gave a speech, and it was long and, and amazing. The whole thing was just cool. But one of the things he said is, if you're... If you are not growing, you're dying. So think about that for a second. Whatever you're doing, if you're in the ministry right now, pre- uh, preaching, uh, um, um, offering, uh, music, musician, or whatever you're doing, every single one of us, have something we can do more. If God's putting that on your heart, we need to do that. Because if you're just staying stagnant, we don't want to just hold on to this little piece of property we have right here. We want to grow. We wanna, because when you grow, those people are going to grow. Those people are going to grow. And pretty soon, it's not the norm to be uh, anti-hate you know, hate your relatives, anti-marriage, anti what It's not the norm. The norm is to be, God loves you, brother. That's going to be the norm. And that's what we can create. Don't just sit here in your little life and little project but expand it, expand it with other people, share, do what's on your mind, yeah. that's the thing that I've been holding back on, and I need to apologize, because this has been years, this could have been, you know, maybe two years ago, this could have happened, if I wouldn't have dragged my feet, don't drag your feet, yeah. act, act on that, don't be a hold, don't be a holder, don't be a, uh, you know, hold on to what you got, let's get more, let's yeah. get more, let's fill this place, and let's fill it yeah. from other places.
0: And I want to say it, it, you know, Eric used to work pretty closely with Brian too, on some different things. Eric had the utmost respect for Brian and he strongly believed in him. And he was kind of just waiting for this change of heart because he always believed in Brian and he always, and he knew. And I, and I really believe a lot of the things that Eric laid as a foundation are in preparation for, for kind of the vision and the message. I mean, you know again the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and so what we want to do is we want to start to capitalize on the things that are already being utilized media social media all those things can you share a little bit more about your vision for how we're going to do that you said you mentioned that we're going to do a commercial for the adventure what are some other ideas that you have so
1: one of the other the other thing and actually this is right around right before uh, Eric passed away I got an opportunity to uh, do a movie um, and I got the script and I was just going to be a production designer I, I, a lot of things I one of the unusual things about my abilities is typically people say oh he's been in the film business for x amount of years he knows everything but film people are generally more focused you have an editor a camera guy uh, a director, a producer, everybody is very specific. Whereas uh, from the very first job I worked as a, an actor on a, a silly old, ba- old Boise's potato chip commercial, I came back the next day and worked as a production assistant and, and helped and started interning with every single department and learning all these, all these different departments. So I understood. Um, Stunts and props and production. Anyway, so I was going to be the production designer, stunt coordinator, as well as some of the location stuff for this movie. And it's a baseball movie about a preacher's kid. And um, the the script, amazing, best script I've ever read. I was so excited about this. Start met with the producer. Sounded great. Actually, we were going to use uh, one of the scenes, the uh, pastor's. Are, uh, he's preaching. back in the '60s, and he's preaching about not using tobacco in the Lord's house. And it, you show a close-up of a lady spitting, spitting a lady spitting tobacco on the ground
0: in the Lord's house. And my kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and can you, and it, can you share uh, the the other two movies, The Hoosiers and the Which one? The, the Hoosiers and
1: Oh, oh, the writer of the writer of this wrote Hoosiers and Rudy. If you know these two movies, and I remember will tell you remember you This movie, Hoosiers and Rudy, amazing about uh, over triumphing, amazing. One of my favorite sports movies. This is better. So anyway, I, want, I, I read this, and then I go to my first uh, meeting with a director, and it's, it's funded by uh, Warner Brothers at, at that point, independent independently. And he's like, he's an atheist. And they, they tell me, let's make this more about man triumphing and kind of take God out of this project. And at the same time, Eric was talking about China and Kingdom 7 and, and all these film opportunities that are going to come up. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away uh, and not, not be part of this. And it killed me because I read the script and like I was to jump back to the scene of it's the third or fourth scene in the movie. So the, the preacher of the, the guy's dad, who it's about, he ends up, uh, he has Forrest Gump legs and he overcomes that to play professional baseball and he's a preacher's kid. That's the whole, the whole story. But that scene... The, the dad's preaching, and he's, he's basically uh, coming against some of the, what the elders are doing. They voted him out of the church, and the church was also their house. So they loaded up their old Rambler and had to move on. When I was, uh, I think I was 76, I don't remember the exact, exact year to date myself a little bit, but... My parents got voted out of the church, and we lived above it. And I remember us loading up our old Rambler. It was almost exactly the same car. And we loaded it up and had to go down the road, but we went right to another church, and God always took care of us. And that's what happens to this guy's life. And he's a, he's a, menace, he's a, he's a, a believer, and it's a, a true story. And I want to make this one of our first projects, uh, either that or this commercial. So these are, these are things that... Uh, super, super passionate about. So I ended up stepping away from that movie and they went on to uh, work on production for two more months. No one got paid. They they lost their funding. There was legal battles between whatever the case may be. So now the opportunity has come up. This, this, this movie is still out there. That's one of the first projects I want to do right here along with this commercial. So in fact, uh, after this... After this, I'm gonna. if anybody wants to talk to me about what they want to do or if they have an idea on jobs or any ideas they have for production, I have a short, it's like four minutes long, of the opening of this movie that, that I shot with, uh, with Rob from, from church and Tim. Three of us did the whole thing and you'll have to see it and what we can do with a whole army of people, how much better it can be. And it's just the little opening scene the, to get an idea about what we want to do.
0: Well, our time is gone, so um, we have to wrap things up. But how many think we need to pray that Brian would have more passion. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Can you thank Brian for coming to share today? So, thank you. So before you go, I just want to ask you, um, pull out that little insert or text yourself. Remember I said the one to three people that you're going to pray for and that if you're interested in in meeting together with Brian. He's going to have a little meeting afterwards, and, um, and you can talk to him about this. But could you stand up now, and let's pray. Father, we, we lift today up, Lord. We thank you for change. We thank you for the new things that you're bringing, Lord. And we commit to praying, Lord, not only for the the people that you've placed on our heart, but also, God, for our our purpose. Lord, for what we were created to do, Lord, we do not want to have regrets. We do not want to look back at the end of our lives um, and, and wish that we had done things differently, Lord. We thank you that you are a God of hope. We pray for your blessing, and I pray that you would begin to really speak vision and speak things to people about who you've called them to be so that they can grow their lives and impact their world and live their dreams. And we thank you and we bless you in Jesus name. Amen.